You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, episode number 21, Being Too Much. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset. What contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck? We'll talk about many things. Some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. I have so much to tell you about today, (laughs) like from a personal perspective. So it's true. The football team, they were in their first playoff game. That was last night, and they won their first game. Woohoo! They played their hearts out. It was so awesome to watch. Their next game is in less than a week. That's game two of the playoffs. I've shared some of their experience with different podcasts right in the beginning, but not all of them. There were a few games in a row that, boy, their mindset was either off before they started the game or at the beginning of the game, and it predicted that they were going to lose. And man, it was tough. It was tough to watch. It was tough to process. I wasn't able to make a lot of sense out of it until now when I can see that it's exactly what they needed. They needed to go through that experience so that they can learn and they can grow as a team. They can grow individually because the team that they were last night was totally different than the team earlier in the season. So exciting to watch them, to cheer for them, and to really see that they were striving for something greater. And they closed out their season with more wins than losses and advanced to round two of the division playoffs. Next thing, it turns out that the IRS doesn't take a joke. (laughs) This week, I have been working to undo something that was filed in error. It probably took less than a minute to incorrectly file it, and it has taken several hours to try and repair this and reverse this. It's perfectly imperfect. Quite a good lesson for grace, deep breathing, and having an intrinsic sense of trust that it's all figure outable and that there's plenty I can learn from this situation. <laughs> Moving on, Thanksgiving in the US, less than a week away, and I am so wishing you an abundance of all things that bring you joy. Finally, the Veterans Day talk. My husband and I gave a talk, we each presented on our experience of military service to our son's school. First time that we have both really publicly shared our experience as a veteran to anyone who wanted to listen. And it was awesome. It was awesome to do my part, which was to prepare and then to give a talk. I think it was even more awesome to watch my husband do it, how he can command a room. He can provide some really tangible, useful take-home points because a few folks came up to him afterwards and, and really were talking exactly about those points. It shows how relatable he is. It gave my mind plenty of stimulus <laughs> after agreeing to it and then thinking, okay, I want this to be amazing. <laughs> Set the bar so high, it seems impossible. So writing it and then being realistic, like I just want there to be something that the audience, regardless of their age or stage in life, maybe they can take away from it or maybe they can relate to it. Getting my mind settled on that while writing the talk and then the morning of the experience and being nervous 
and working through that and realizing, all right, this nervousness, this is just focus on me. How am I going to be seen? And I realized it's really all about the audience and that's it. It's not about me. So shifting that around, having an aha moment made the morning a lot more peaceful. And then afterwards, my mind just wanted to kind of race around. How'd it go? Was it interesting? How did people receive it? Did I share too much or too little? Was there anything interesting to take away? Did any, any teaching points? My ego wanted somebody to come up and give me a grade. <laughs> but then came that lesson again. Wait, it's not about me. I did my best. If I'm invited to speak again, I'll do my best again. The impact that it has on others, that's really none of my business. I, all I can do is the work that I do and to share it freely. And uh, for those that want to receive or ready to receive, I'm sure there was something in it. Here's the funny part about the talk. Both my husband and I wrote it as a conversation that we would want to have with our son to share the pearls of our time in military service, what we think is important, what we've learned, and the ups and downs, and sometimes the extreme ups and downs. My part of the talk was what I want him to know from my heart if he chooses to follow in the same path. He had no idea. And I'm not even sure that he paid attention during the talk, which is so ironic. Here I was trying to insert some teaching into parenting <laughs> without any buy-in. I don't think that I embarrassed him, and that was success. <laughs> All right, apparently I have a lot to say this morning. That will close up the introduction. Let's move on to our topic today, being too much, being too much. Have you thought about it or heard about it or read about it? Because I have. I meet people. I read about it. I hear about it. So many people deep down inside who meter themselves so that they're not too much. And by metering, I mean turn down the volume of who they are, particularly high achievers, particularly professional women. And it can be incredibly subtle how our mind does this. Oh, that doesn't feel right. I don't want to do that. Oh, I don't want all the attention. I don't need the attention. Yeah, I'll take care of it later. Never get around to it. Does any of this sound familiar? Like, do you hold yourself back kind of not wanting to stand out? Stand out for being the most phenomenal, <laughs> having the best idea or presentation or organization or strengths? Maybe not wanting to share with others that the stuff that they struggle with is not your reality. This happens with me sometimes. Someone will walk up to me and they'll be sharing something that they're really struggling with and then they'll ask, how do you do it? And I'll respond with, that's actually not a struggle that I have. And freely share the systems that I use or the ways that I've thought about it or how it didn't become an issue in my life. It feels awkward though because there's an assumption that we all kind of share the same struggles, and in reality, we may stand out because we don't. So fear of being too much. It's funny to explore my own patterns and behaviors around this topic. In ninth grade, we're talking back in the 80s, I had Mr. Baumgartner. I think that was his name for English. I sat in the front room in the left corner, right next to a guy named Derek. I remember one day walking towards the back of the class. I think we had free time to go chat. And I walked back to this girl that was friendly. And she said, I happen to notice written on my desk right here. It says, Dina thinks she's so hot. And there it was in pencil on the desk. Odd because only she sat at that desk. And she said, I didn't write it. I don't know who did. I was horrified. 
Of course she says it's not her. It must have been somebody else. This is a school of 500 people, and only a small proportion of them had the same English teacher. So it's very odd, and I just assume the whole school hates me. They're noticing me. They all think that I think I'm too hot or so hot. So I was standing out, getting negative attention. I was too much. That was proof. Clearly, right? There could be no possible other explanation. Here's a side note. There's a lot of other explanations, but as a ninth grader, I totally couldn't see them. So I couldn't be too much or stand out because that's risk and exposure, and here it comes. What if I am? What if they're right? Whatever they are right about or whoever they are, what if they are right? What if I'm not good enough? So I distinctly remember from that point on really turning it down, like how much I spoke in class, how much I walked around, who I talked with, how I dressed, how I showed, what I was able to understand or not. I worked to fit in and really just kind of be at the status quo or maybe even a little bit less because nobody needed to notice me. It really remains fascinating to explore this. Like that's one example of millions that we all have in our life. That one so poignantly demonstrates my response. If I can't control others, what they see, what they think, or how they react or speak to me, then I don't want to be seen. It's too risky. It meant holding back and really missing out on all the power within because what I was doing, what my response was, was to deflect that power, to deflect any of my energy. I don't want to put it out. I'm just going to kind of hold it back or keep it away and did that for decades. That learned coping mechanism, it was strong and it was effective for being in ninth grade and it held tight through the years. It created this huge, safe prison around me. I can control what comes in and what goes out. And I didn't really pay attention to, I locked myself inside of it and then forgot about all the freedoms on the outside. You know, freedom like living intentionally, abundantly, intensely, fully, imperfectly. I meet a lot of young people in my work as a doctor. This is what I can share with them. I am living proof personally and professionally because I've been doing this doctor thing for quite some time, that things don't get better with time when they are left all alone. Here are some examples. People who don't move their body, their ability to move as they grow older just continues to decline. People who gain weight through the years, it tends to keep happening. It doesn't naturally get better. People with chronic disease that isn't managed also doesn't get better with time. Like high blood pressure, It's called the silent killer for a reason. There's so much damage that's done to the heart and the brain without a person knowing because it doesn't cause pain. Like unless it gets so severely high, people don't notice that their blood pressure is causing damage and it is causing damage day and night when it's not controlled. Another example is uncontrolled blood sugars. So people with diabetes whose blood sugars are high, that doesn't get better with time. In fact, it causes problems in other areas like pain to the nerves called neuropathy or damage to the kidneys. And for some, that kidney damage can lead to dialysis because all that extra sugar, it's toxic to the kidneys. It's toxic to the nerves. Switching categories, untreated emotional health, like unaddressed mood symptoms, those for sure do not get better with time. The brain keeps practicing the same patterns over and over, and it creates these complicated structures, these complicated prisons that we lock ourselves in just to keep us safe. 
And one more, just for the record, relationships that are not cared for or attended to, those also don't get better with time. The parallels between health and life are really so many. When a person learns to play small, to fly below the radar, to share just enough information to fit in, those behaviors too, they just continue to repeat themselves over and over through the years. They don't naturally get better. They certainly don't expand our lives, but really serve to contract our lives and shrink what's possible or open to us. And here's what we miss out on. Knowing who we really are, like what our heart yearns for, how we think, what we think about, where we want to direct our energy, what legacy we want to build. We miss out on having an abundance of energy because living a ho-hum life, it's boring, like incredibly boring. We miss out on creating a solid foundation of who we are. And who we are is the person who can withstand criticism and keep walking, like keep walking tall. I spent last summer with the sole mission of creating deep and reverent self-trust. That was it. That was my whole goal for the summer. And boy, I had a lot of material to work with. My faith in God is, it's a huge part of my life. And God provided a lot to work with last summer, as well as the framework and how to respond to some situations that really rocked my core. We miss out on inspiring others with our courage. That's a big one. People are watching and they're watching to see what movement we have in our lives and see what they can apply to their own. We also miss out on finding phenomenal solutions to the world's problems. When my mind is wrapped up as the ninth grade Dina who somebody wrote on a desk, she thinks she's hot. When my mind is focused on that, I am really losing out on all the energy that I can direct to big problems in the world, like to really solving them or acknowledging them or addressing them, whatever capacity, whatever skills I have, I'm not using them when I'm stuck on myself and I'm focused on playing small so that others don't notice. Next, we miss out on loving ourselves, quirks and all. Like seriously, all the imperfections can be lovable by us, whatever they are. Socially awkward, sing in the shower off key, knowing the exact wrong thing to say to your teenager and doing it consistently, or forgetting things or losing things. Whatever our imperfections are, we can love them. And that's all part of loving ourselves as we do for the things that we love about ourselves, the things that go right, the things that we're great at. And then we miss out on allowing others to see us, like to really see who we are without the Photoshop that gets added to our lives, to genuinely see me as I am or you as you are, and not only to see us, but to like us or even love us. I want to emphasize that part. Like, did you hear that? We miss out on others who are ready, willing, able to both like us and love us for who we genuinely are. Because there's a lot of people out there that love us. They just may not know it yet because they don't see us. Like who couldn't love a genuine person who's striving, doesn't have all the answers, but cares and loves and is willing to get into the emotional mud and figure it out? That's somebody I love, whether I know them or not. We also miss out on allowing other people to have a reaction to us, for us, against us. It doesn't matter. 
allowing them to have it and it to not affect us. And that is part of developing that deep and reverent self-trust. And finally, so when we miss out on knowing who we are, on loving ourselves, quirks and all, on allowing others to see us, I think we miss out the most on allowing ourselves to grow and creating space to do that, encouraging ourselves to do that, even if it means we're going to be more of the too much or too hot. (laughs) I'm too much. Intense, intentional, energetic, encouraging, hopeful. Be too much with me. Allow yourself that gift. If you're locked in your own prison as a defense mechanism, find the key. If you can't find the key, get the welding materials out. Get the sledgehammer out. Whatever it takes to start breaking down those walls. Whatever your walls are made of, start breaking them down. Invite those you love. Invite them in to help you because you don't have to do it alone. Especially if you have created a lot of walls around you that are pretty strong. It's going to take others to help you. And maybe it's people you know, but maybe it's people you don't know. Maybe you need others to come in, to be invited into your life and your experience to help break down the walls around you. You never have to do it alone, ever. So be too much. Play big. Stand out for all the right reasons. Like, be the boss. There's some people that are watching and waiting, and some will love you. Some are waiting for your courage so they can borrow it and do it for themselves. And some will hate you. They already do. Give them all the beautiful reasons so that they can do that even more. Because of what you stand for, what you can create, what you love, what you can do. Or most importantly, what you're not held back by, which is their opinion. How about that? They don't get a seat at your table. Their opinion doesn't matter, and you're not going to be held back by it. So here's what it requires to be too much, which really just means be you, be all of you consistently. It's going to require coaching yourself. And the good news, we talk about that in some form or fashion every podcast, and we particularly talked about it last podcast with coaching yourself through the holidays. So know that your thinking is going to bring up emotion. It's going to bring up feeling. It'll get you in the feels. Next, allow yourself to feel whatever it is. Feel what you feel. Explore the thinking that's either causing it or contributing to it. Because thinking triggers feelings. Anticipate it. Make it no big deal. If you're a runner and you go for any distance, the pain is going to come, right? The side stitch, the pain in your chest from breathing, the knee pain, whatever it is, it's going to come. And just like when you're running, you'll be like, okay, welcome. Got it. Going to keep running. The same thing when it comes to your thinking and your feeling. Okay, got it. Of course, this is going to come up. This is what I'm working through. The third part is not reacting and not judging yourself. You shouldn't be anything different than you are. You should definitely not be further ahead. You should have done all the things you did. And should is a word that implies shame. So I've used it a few times in the opposite way that you would expect. So here's another way to look at it. You're exactly at the right place, at the right time, with everything that you did, at your age. You're here, and this is where you need to be. This isn't where you're going to stay. This is where you need to be. And from here is where you can move on without judgment. 
The fourth part is not controlling what happens to or for or through others. It is not ours to manage. We can't. How we impact others, meaning creating a response or reaction, whatever type it is or when, that's none of our business. Some of the work that I've put out into the world, I would give it like a solid B minus and others found it deeply moving, like powerful. And other work that I thought was an A plus, no response. And truthfully, it's none of my business. I put it out intentionally as fuels that other may need as part of their journey, encouragement that they might need, but whether it's received as junk fuel or the most organic, healthy fuel, it's up to the individual to decide and to use, and it's none of my business. What we do, it just might create a quiet movement of people who are afraid of others' opinions, afraid of being hated, afraid of standing out. It just might be time for them to borrow some courage from us to really take back their life and to continue moving their life. I am intense and intentional and just the right amount of both. And it's how I live. It's how I coach professional women. It's how I serve as a doctor. So what are you? Let's be too much together. I am sending you all my best. Hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're celebrating it, a wonderful holiday season if you're entering it, and I'll see you next time. Professional women who want to create phenomenal in their lives and remove the clutter that holds them back, they coach with me. Email me, dina at georgemdcoaching.com for a complimentary discovery call. The time to get started is right now.